0: amen. Amen. These people of Thessalonica are facing persecution for the preaching of the gospel of Christ and for just being a Christian. They're preaching the message of repent of sin and trust Christ as Savior and they're being persecuted because of it. There are some who said to these Christians that Christ had already returned as they expected Christ to return in that generation. And some were worried, some feared that Christ had returned and they had missed what we call the rapture of the church. Paul writes to them and he tells them the rapture has not yet taken place and that day can't come unless their first is a falling away, unless their first is an apostasy. This apostasy, as we see not only here, but we see it foretold by the Old Testament prophets. We see it in the New Testament. We see it in the book of Jude. This falling away signals the catching away of the saved from the earth known to us as the rapture. And As I study what the Bible describes as that apostasy, that falling away, there is without a doubt that is taking place in our world today. I do not believe there is anything on the prophetic calendar that must take place now before the rapture of the church. I believe the rapture of the church is imminent. With all of my heart I believe this could be the week of the coming of Christ. I believe it is soon to take place. There's nothing left to happen in the Middle East. There's nothing left to happen in Russia. There's nothing left to happen in communist China. There's nothing left to happen in NATO. All of the Old Testament prophecies as we see them have been and are being fulfilled. The word apostasy means to abandon what one has professed. That definition frightens me for I have never seen such an abandonment as I see today, a form of desertion as I see in our nation today. America was founded on the principles of the word of God. When you read our founding fathers and then our first several presidents, their thanksgiving proclamation, and you see where our faith once was in God, And you see where we are today, we have abandoned our faith in God. Our nation once taught and believed only the creation of the world by the creator that has now been replaced in standard practice by the teaching of the theory of evolution which is not just a theory but it denies the existence and the creating work of God. While prayer and Bible reading has been abandoned in the school system, the promotion of every immoral, both natural and unnatural, both that you could imagine and things that you can't imagine is being introduced to the youngest of our students. I see this every day. I see, folks, even those that I have known my age, that professed faith in Christ, that have turned from their faith in Christ and have turned not only from Christ to a hatred of those who still believe in Christ. It is becoming commonplace to be hated upon as a preacher of the gospel. Did you hear what I said? It is becoming commonplace. It is becoming commonplace to be attacked not by those we would consider unconverted and heathen blind of the world, but from those that once traveled in the old paths, those that once believed in salvation by grace through faith, and they believed that the Bible is the word of God now attacking those that are preachers of the gospel of Christ. There are three steps to apostasy if you'll take your Bibles and go just a few pages over to the book of Jude. Uh, This uh, book of Jude is a book that talks about apostasy and it gives us those three steps of apostasy. Uh, If you'll look at Jude and verse number 4, there's only one chapter in this little uh, book of Jude. Verse number 4, the Bible says, For there are... Certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness or a money-making business. They've turned what once was a Bible preaching place, a preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ into a place that it is not a pastor, but it is the CEO of an organization. I'm not going to calling names, but it's commonplace in our nation today. They've turned the grace of our God into lasciviousness. We're not a bank trying to save money. We're a church trying to use what money we have to seek and save the lost. That's our purpose and goal and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number 11, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. There are three uh, steps of apostasy represented by three rebels that are named here. First of all, there's the way of Cain. Now Cain taught a bloodless salvation and his teaching of a bloodless salvation was rejected of God. God had respect for the offering of the blood but he did not have a respect of any offering other than of the blood. And so the first step and we see it today and folks have even asked me in our day do you all still have those hymn books that have the blood in it? And there are folks that have taken a, an effort, on purpose effort, to take out any song in the song book that has anything to do with the blood of Christ. And they call it a bloody religion. I want to tell you something according to this old book right here. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. For when I trusted Christ as Savior and you trusted Christ as Savior, Jesus the high priest took his blood from the cross of Calvary. It did not stay at the foot of Calvary. It did not stay in the ground at the cross. But the high priest took the blood to the mercy seat in heaven and he put that blood on the mercy seat and I'm saved and you're saved by the blood of Christ. There are those that teach today a bloodless salvation. Then there is the Balaam's error, that is, religion for the sake of gain. 1 Timothy chapter 6, if you'll turn your Bibles there to 1 Timothy chapter 6, and notice with me, if you will, in verse number 10, 1 Timothy 6, and verse number 10, the Bible says, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, They have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. This is a religion for the sake of gain. The Bible talks about the sin of Peor, P-E-O-R. This is talking about being saved but not being changed. This is a salvation that's advertised that tells you you can continue in your sin and having a, no concern of the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I'm going to tell you something, dear friend. If you're a child of God, you need to live like a child of God or you're living in danger of being punished and being, and, and, and being chastened by God Almighty this uh, vulgar uh, behaving contemporary Christianity that you can't tell the difference in a rock and roll concert and a so-called church service. As the Bible talks about in Numbers chapter 25, uh, the Bible talks uh, about it being a part of the apostasy or the great falling away. Then there's a gainsaying of Korah. That is a self-exaltation against the man of God to control uh, the laity or the layman of the church. Numbers chapter 16 tells us of the rebellion of Korah, how he got the people to rebel against the leadership of Moses in the New Testament in the book of Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 6 and verse number 15 and verse number 16 we see the Nicolaitans and the Nicolaitans, the word uh, N-I-C-O, Nico means to conquer. Laos means uh, the people or the laity This is an attack on the messenger of God. And we live in a day where folks have so attacked the church and so attacked the preacher and they've so advertised, well, you can just worship God at home and they have denied the teaching of the word of God, that we're supposed to assemble ourselves together, and there is to be a man of God that teaches and leads us in teaching the word of God and preaching the word of God. Uh, but in the last days, in that day of apostasy, there are those, they spend their time attacking the church, they spend their time protesting the church, they spend their time protesting the preaching of the gospel of Christ. I'm telling you, dear friend, when. Paul Paul told the church at Thessalonica, he will not come until their first is a falling away. Every description of the falling away is taking place in our our generation today. There are those that came to our Christian schools and have attended our Christian schools now for 20 and 30 and 40 years that sat every day with this Bible being opened and taught to them and they have rebelled against the truth of God and it's never, never taken place like it is today and there are those, and I understand uh, there, there are differences of opinions as far as our convictions uh, are concerned but dear friend, there is no difference of opinion when it comes to the doctrine of salvation and uh, when it comes to the doctrines of the word of God and we have those that are so disrespectful in our day and they've turned their back, Uh, there is an apostasy they've turned their back on the truth, I say tonight there's a dire need for revival in America as you go throughout the Bible there are many signs of apostasy lazy Christians is a sign of apostasy take your Bibles and go to that little book of Amos Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel Amos Amos chapter 6, the day of lazy Christians. Lazy Christians who know they should be in church, but they don't go to church. And always there are folks who feel bad that want to be in church and they can't be in church. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those that could be. They just decide not to because they don't want to go to church. Uh, One of the signs of the last days is a lazy Christian not wanting to be committed to any place or or any commitment at all to the local church. The Bible says in Amos chapter 6 and verse number 1, Woe to them, they're at ease in Zion. And trust in the mountain of Samaria which are named chief of the nations to whom the house of Israel came. And we see that throughout the Bible from Amos uh, to Revelation chapter 3, the church of Laodicea. And they're sitting back and they're just counting their wealth. And they're saying, I have so much. I have need of nothing. And God said, that's not how I see it. When I see you, I see you as miserable, poor, naked, and blind because you think material things replace spiritual things and you've been deceived because of it. That, my friend, is a sign of the days of the return of Christ. Lot living in Sodom would be a sign of the last days. Many living their lives in satisfaction in a wicked world with absolutely no testimony for Christ no production of righteousness not doing anything to make a difference for the cause of Christ you understand Lot lived in Sodom he raised his family in Sodom and when word came that the city would be destroyed because of their wickedness Abraham went to God and said would you spare Sodom for just 50 righteous people and you know the story he came all the way down to the number of 10 and said would you spare it for just 10 people we have churches and Christians that are so lazy they'll never tell anybody about Christ never invite anybody to church and I want to tell you something dear friend that's happening across our nation and the Bible tells us it's a sign of the last days of that apostasy that time of Christ's return now I understand I look forward to Christ's return for me but I don't look forward to the Christ's return for those that are without Christ Those without Christ, they need the gospel. They need to be born again. We're living in that time of his coming. Liberal preachers are another sign of those last days. Take your Bibles and go back to 1 Timothy again. We've been in 1 Timothy. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and uh, verse number 1 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 1 uh, look at verse number 2 uh, talking about liberal preachers what does that mean to be a liberal preacher it means to once stand on the truths uh, of the doctrines the standards of the word of God and now turning your back on those and coming to a place of compromise uh, for a gain selfish gain here's what he says in the scripture 1 Timothy 4 and verse number 1 now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils speaking lies and hypocrisy having their conscience seared with a hot iron I've heard folks say I've heard preachers say well I believe that everybody sincere goes to heaven folks you can be sincere and be lost to go to heaven you must be born again I don't say that to make it difficult because salvation is not difficult. It is receiving the gift of eternal life. But we in fact must realize that we are in need of a Savior and we receive Christ by grace through faith, that gift of eternal life. Not everybody is going to heaven, only those who have received Christ as Savior. Take your Bibles and go to 2 Peter chapter 2. I'm telling you, as we look at the scripture and we look at what defines uh, uh, that apostasy, that falling away, we understand Hand. we're living in the days of the return of Christ and the only thing that will delay his return is to see a spiritual awakening in our country Second Peter chapter 2 verse number 1 but there were false prophets among also among the people even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies even denying the Lord that bought them And bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many who follow their pernicious ways. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now the long time lingereth not and their damnation slumbereth not. A sign of this apostasy is lazy Christians and liberal preachers. You look at John chapter 8, you see lying tongues. Take your Bibles and go to John chapter 8. You and I are living in a day of deception. It's almost a game today. Folks seeing how much of a lie they can tell one way and turn and tell a lie the other way. And folks and, and, and the media actually repeat it. It's sad to even bring attention to this. Recently it was brought to my attention in New Hampshire. In a beauty pageant of ladies, they chose a heterosexual, not a heterosexual, a homosexual or a bisexual man, big, fat, ugly guy. And I'm not exaggerating. He isn't that good looking. And they chose him to be the female beauty queen in New Hampshire. Now that's just a wicked game is all that is. John 8, 44. You're of the father, the devil. Jesus was pretty plain spoken, wasn't he? And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. You don't need a commentary of any kind to understand what Jesus was saying. We're living in a day of deception. Look at me, it's sad. Our children are being confused today. They're having a difficult time processing mentally. The deception of adults in our world. You know what the problem is? There's a falling away from the truth of the word of God. God has written even a law in our heart. You know that God made man male and female. You know what, that's what God said. But we're living in a day of lying tongues. Second Corinthians chapter 11, I'll read it for you. For such are false prophets, deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. You see where all this comes from? Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. And the saddest thing is Christians carry a book and they have copies of the book, but we don't read the book enough to know when something happens in our world to say, that's just a lie, that's not true, that's not according to the word of God. You understand this old country needs revival. We live in a day of lewd entertainment. I'll not go through all the scripture, but the television and movies are vile. Pornography is available everywhere. Drunkenness is promoted as if it is a healthy behavior. Drugs are on every hand. It's almost every week now. Uh, you see drug uh, uh, drug bust and they, and they arrest those that are dealing drugs with enough fentanyl to kill uh, every person in the nation. Uh, The internet has gone uh, crazy with this uh, lewd entertainment and this uh, music has become savage. We're living in the days that Paul said to the church at Thessalonica, he won't come until these days happen. These days are taking place. Read the newspaper today. I'm saying it is time for Christ to return and the only thing that will delay his return is revival. It won't be a Republican candidate. It won't be a Republican President a Republican Congress or a Republican Senate or a Republican Governor. It won't be that. You say, but I know some that are born again. I don't care if they're born again or not, friend, and I understand the importance of that, but the whole for America is not in the White House. The hope for America is in the church house and getting back to old-time revival and righteousness according to the Word of God. We live in the day where there are many Bibles being promoted. There's a version of the Bible coming out all the time. It's sad that they can get away with it, it, and they couldn't if we knew the truth, if America knew the truth, if we knew the Bible more than through a movie about Moses or a movie about Noah. But if we read the Bible, you take the New International Version, and and, and some don't do this on purpose. They do it without understanding. But just the NIV alone has 2,000 word changes and omissions taken from it. If you bought an automobile that had 200 pieces missing, you'd take it back and get your money back. They call them the living Bibles, but they are dead. They remove the blood and they remove the blessed hope. And we live in a day it's okay to promote a new version but if you take a stand on the King James Bible or the King James Bible only here comes Balaam and Korah and here comes that apostate crowd attacking and you let a young man take a firm stand on the word of God and take a firm stand on the King James Bible it's not the heathen world that attacks him it's his own brothers and sisters that say hey, you shouldn't be scenario minded. Well dear friend I've said it for years and I'll say it again I'm a about narrow minded as that old book right there. Yes. I believe the Bible is the Word of God and He's preserved His inspired Word in this King James Bible. I'll not take the time to go through what the Bible talks about a one world government and a one world church. I agree with one of our leaders, uh, political leaders the other day who said, I no longer fear socialism as we have passed socialism and we're quickly moving into communism in our nation. The educational system is teaching humanism and its religion is a globalism as a worldview. All the nations have already aligned. When you read the book of Daniel, a one world currency and a cashless society has already come. And those were things even when I was a, Boy, and that was just a short time ago. Or at least it seemed like it was to me. Don't laugh when I'm serious. It seemed like a short time ago. They said we wouldn't use cash. Sometimes you go a week or two and never pull a dollar out of your pocket. A cashless society. Licentious Trends. Take your Bibles and go to... Second Timothy chapter 3, and see if this doesn't explain and describe the days that we live in. And I'm getting to the cure for apostasy, and that is revival. I'm glad when I look at the book, the cure for one thing is not another, sickness. But the cure for sickness in the Bible is truth. Second Timothy chapter 3, the Bible says this, Know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power of godliness or the power thereof. Then the Bible says this from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins led away with divers lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. I say all that and bring that to our attention in light not of a newscast but in light of the truth that Jesus said this is going to take place and when you see these things coming to pass lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. Now what is the hope? And sometimes uh, we look at government and we look at politics and we get all discouraged and we get all down. It it, it, It doesn't matter as far as that's concerned. That doesn't lead us. That follows who we are. What we are is who we are is represented in church or not in church and we need to get back to old time religion. We need to get back to the word of God and the only cure for our nation is old time revival. And I want to tell you something dear friend. It doesn't matter how dark the night. It doesn't matter how late the hour. God can give an old time revival in our nation if we hunger for it. Don't tell me it's too late. That's what they said about Lazarus. They even said that Lazarus stinketh. And But Jesus, when he said Lazarus come forth, Lazarus came out of the grave. And when it seemed that there was no hope for Israel, Israel had revival again. And that revival did not come by way of a political leader. It came by way of a spiritual leader. I give you these four things quickly. First of all, there must be a return to the Word of God. I want to beg you tonight, dear friend, I want to beg you to have. A Bible reading schedule don't wait for January 1st start on November 21st if you're not a daily Bible reader get in the Word of God if you don't get in the Word of God if you don't know the scripture you're going to be led away with all of this deceit and all of the foolishness that's going on in our world today we're going to be led away if we don't read the Word of God read the law as given in the first five books of the Bible read the book of Joshua that gives an example of a nation that's wholly committed to to God and God blessed him in a marvelous way. Read the book of Judges where every man did that which was right in his own eyes and the nation fell apart. Read book after book after book. Read the New Testament and the Gospels of Christ. Read the book of Acts and the working of the church. Read the book of Romans and that great book where Paul laid out Bible doctrine and the truths that we stand upon. Read the word of God. Children, read the Bible. You may say, I don't understand the Bible. You didn't understand an algebra book the first day you read it. You didn't understand a geometry book the first day you read it. You didn't understand a geography book the first day you read it, but you didn't close it and put it away. You read and you read and you read and you looked at all of the pieces, but the Bible is different as we look at the pieces of the Bible and we read its truths. The Holy Spirit of God will bring it together in your heart and mind. He'll give you what you need for today. I'm saying tonight we need in our church a revival of Bible reading. Children read the Bible. I say to our Christian educators that are here, and my wife and I enjoy going to the elementary play, and we enjoy the singing and watching our our Christian school teachers and leaders uh, lead our children in uh, verses and songs. I want to challenge you tonight. uh, Dr. Young, the most important textbook that we have at Clay's Mill Christian Academy is not the math or English or science or social studies book. It's that old book right there, the King James Bible. Commit it to memory. Memorize the word of God. That book right there will set your soul on fire. That book right there will give you a life you didn't know of. That book right there will do you better than three Jarotols a day. That old book right there will keep you alive and go and read the Bible. I think second of all, we need to return to a commitment to the local church. Too many have replaced the activity of the church. I love church. I love what happens in church. I, I, I love the, the atmosphere of church. I love the purpose of church to glorify God. I, I, I don't understand replacing church services. I don't understand it. I've been asked again and again, and I, I don't say this to be critical. Are we gonna change services because of the holidays? No, that's all the more reason to be in church. I, I, I'm not being critical, but is there, a, is there not a better way to celebrate the fact that Jesus was born in Bethlehem's manger than to be in church and open a song book and sing the wonderful gospel songs and then to open the Bible and preach the word of God and let the Holy Spirit speak to us through the word of God. I love church. Third of all, there needs to be a return to caring about the souls of others. Tell somebody about Jesus this week. You don't have to know all the answers to know your way to heaven. You say I don't know all the verses. You know what Jesus did for you. Tell him what Jesus did for you. I love the story. You've heard me repeat it. The story of the blind man. They came to him after, after he'd been healed, and they said, "What happened? What what actually happened?" He said, "Well, all I know, I was blind, but now I can see." They said, no, we, we want a better explanation. He said, that's all I know. I was blind, but now I can see. They asked his parents and asked his parents, what happened to this boy? And they said, ask him. And they said, all he'll tell us is that he was blind, and now he can see. I can tell you, dear, friends, one, what, dear friend, once I was lost and undone, but when I received Christ as my Savior, I became a born-again child of God. I received the gift of eternal life. Tell somebody about Jesus. And then number four, and last of all, if we're going to have old-time revival, Jesus is coming, folks. Now, for those, those of us who know Christ as Savior, that's a wonderful thing. And, and, and we say, even so come, Lord Jesus. But I want to tell you something, dear friend, there are folks that need to know Christ as Savior. Do you know right now in South Africa, that continent, that southern part of that continent, folks are being saved by the thousands. They're coming to know Christ as Savior by the thousands. In the Philippines right now, there are folks coming to know Christ as Savior by the thousands. And yet, the greatest fear of pastors in the Philippines, listen to me, is the fear of what what Christians and preachers hear on the internet, not from the world, but from the American church that's spending more time entertaining goats than they are feeding the sheep. They fear that. They don't want that in the Philippines. Last of all, I say let's be people of prayer. Only God can. I love to read it. The psalmist said, Can God prepare a table in the wilderness? God can. Can He bring water from a rock? God can. Can he give a revival, a spiritual awakening, awakening in the day of apostasy? God can. You and I need to spend time in prayer for our nation. We're there, folks. Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica. He said, these things are going to happen. They're happening. They've happened. They're taking place. He's coming again. The only hope for our nation are those four things to bring revival. He's the only magnet that's going to draw people. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. There needs to be a return to his word, a return to the church, a return to witnessing, a return to prayer. The need for revival is dire in America. Stand with me, if you will. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word of God.